Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate i'm pat nevin this is ali riley hi this is ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the london is blue podcast welcome back chelsea fans to another episode of the london is blue podcast your home for all things chelsea fc dan mike nick and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest chelsea matches we cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews thank you already for being an awesome listener and you know what let's jump right in Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, and this is a special episode that we're doing today in the build-up for Chelsea's charity match in the USA coming up this May, the final whistle on hate. I have two of our other hosts on the show here. I've got Nick Verlaney. Hello, Dan. And then we also have Mike Flynn. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. That's wonderful. Uh, Brandon, our typical host, couldn't be here tonight because he is closing down some stuff at work. But we are very excited to talk about Chelsea's upcoming event here in the United States, the final whistle on hate. And I think, Nick, before we get into some of the match specifics, I think we need to kind of pull back. And we want to take a few moments to talk about the purpose of the match and you know why why it's come about and the importance of this not just to Chelsea not just to all of world football but to the larger issue around combating anti-semitism yeah i mean it's it's certainly a um a, a bummer uh, thing to have to talk about and have to you know again kind of combat but um the purpose of the match is you know you know it was created by Roman Abramovich and Robert Kraft uh, who you know are both committed to ending this kind of anti-Semitic activity that's been on the rise both in the UK uh, and in the United States over the past um, you know couple of years, and it's you know unfortunately it's something that has to be done. But I think they're taking a really unique approach, Mike, in trying to bring awareness through the sport of football and specifically in the in the United States. Yeah, you know I. I... I applaud and appreciate what they're doing. We we all know that we've had multiple incidents over the last uh, season, um, you know that that have happened from our own uh, with our own. And I think we're taking or the club's taking the route of saying, you know what, let us uh, shine a light on problems and try and and be a guiding light as to, to creating 
you know, the culture and what, what we should really expect and, and not have to worry about when we're enjoying something that we love like football. Yeah. And I, I would, I would quickly add to that too. I mean, one of the more uncomfortable moments that we have faced uh, as a podcast was when we were at the palace away match. And, you know, this was kind of during the height of all of the kind of Y word um, negative chanting that was going on, Dan. I mean, this was something that kind of, you know, once you experience it, you know, and, and you kind of know the meanings behind, you know, what is being chanted, it, it certainly raises the issue in your own brain um, now that you've gone through that experience and and none of us are of the faith. So I can't imagine, you know, how it feels for uh, for those who are of the faith to be, you know, Chelsea fans and to go and hear that kind of uh, kind of negativity spread their way. Yeah, and the purpose of this match obviously talks and, and rings on this idea of combating anti-Semitism, but it's also around the larger issues of hate. And we've seen, you know, not just you know Mr. Bromovich, but also Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, have combined to put together and put on this match. Uh, Robert Kraft is also the owner of the New England Revolution, who is the opposition in this match. But really, the true opposition is hatred and intolerance and we've seen not just owners but we've seen players step up up to it this season uh raheem sterling has been quite the vocal leader and voice for advocating for this type of change across the game and it's an opportunity for all of us to say enough is enough and this type of behavior and this type of culture isn't acceptable when we go not just to watch a football match not just to go hang out with our fellow Chelsea supporters, but in any facet, in any walk of life. And Bruce Buck was recounting the reason behind why this match came about was because in conversations with Mr. Bromovich that he ultimately wanted to use the power of football, the power of Chelsea, the might of those two entities combined, the platform of football and the power of Chelsea to ultimately help bring awareness and help impact change throughout it. And I know, Mike, there's a couple of beneficiaries of the the, the base of the fundraising that's going to be done from this event because all the proceeds are going to be donated directly to some, uh, I think, deserving charities. Yeah, that's right. So it looks like we're talking about a million dollars from each of the owners of the clubs um, going to the uh, World Jewish Congress, the Tree of Life Synagogue, the Anti-Defamation League, and the Holocaust Educational Trust, um, all worthy uh, charities. Yeah, and that's on to account also the the ticket proceeds, which is another kind of component of that as well. So, you know, I think um, as much as it is a problem, as much as it is this blight on society that, you know, the owners and the fans are looking to speak up and rise up against through supporting this match and attending this um, and through communicating the, the value of change and the idea of an inclusive world. Uh, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, we also get an opportunity to watch a, a football match as well to Nick. Right, exactly. I mean, the, the, the beauty of this for Chelsea fans or Revs fans or just fans of football in general is that you know, this cause is bring, being uh, brought to life and, and, you know, fueled by football. And, and football is something that we should all be able to get behind regardless of, uh, you know, religious practice or, or, you know, orientation or whatever, you know, um, you know discriminatory uh, cause that, that could be on. Um, you know, I think this, this allows for us all to come together. And, you know, I think 
one of the reasons that this hits so close to our hearts and, and is based on a series that we did last year, uh, Mike, where we took three, you know, three episodes and covered, you know, Chelsea's battle against um, racism and anti-Semitism at the club. And, you know, we were joined by Amity um, from the Carefree, Carefree Blues. And we were also joined uh, by Dan Levine, who um, who has covered these issues for a long time. And they t- both kind of shared their experiences. We heard from people like Paul Canneville and and others about kind of how uh, the club is is evolved and is dealing with this on a, on a, a much more uh, aggressive basis. And that was really eye-opening for me, um, just being a, a, a white guy from the other side of the uh, the pond, but it was, it was really powerful. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and I think th- this is a difficult subject to talk about. Events like these are good examples as why we've joined together with other members of the Chelsea community in Chelsea together to try and combat issues with this so that we don't regret not being able to do or say something and to really stomp out intolerance, racism at its roots. And, and remove it from the, the things we care about. And now that we've talked about the importance of the game, the tonality behind it, let's actually dive into the match. You know, rosters have been announced. We know the opposition. And I think it's an opportunity for us also to get a little excited about the fact that even though it's a really tough topic and the, the tone is, you know, one of, of the grave importance is that we will ultimately get the chance to see friends and, and people that we've interacted with online, friends that we've seen multiple times overseas and get a chance to do that in one of the best places in the United States, Nicholas. It's going to be against the New England Revolution. It is a friendly competition at Foxborough Stadium, home of the Super Bowl champions, Boo. the New England Patriots, Boo. six-time Super Boo. Bowl champions Yuck. on May fifteenth, two 2019 at mm. 8 p.m. And I'm just wondering... How excited are both of you to be in Foxborough, in the home of the Patriots, watching Chelsea play? It's just magic. It's magic, Nick. Yeah. So you know, beyond it being at the Patriots Stadium, which is awful, um, it, the, the only reason that it'll feel semi decent, Mike, is because it'll feel like a Chelsea home match. We expect that the the stadium will mostly be uh, the right color blue, and uh, we'll be there supporting our. Our, our beloved Chelsea. Um, so that'll be, that'll be nice. I mean, the timing's still interesting because the, the Premier League season would have just concluded. So there's no rest for the wicked uh, by any means, but uh, this, you know, could be kind of a, a light training session <laughs> for, uh, for the Europa League final potentially in a, in a couple weeks after that. Yeah. No, you know, if we're talking about magic, let's, let's hope we get to see a little bit from our uh, Belgian magician himself a one Eden Hazard um, to uh, show the Patriots how real football is played. And maybe we'll have some of our real football trophies to show uh, Dan's team. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I cannot wait. You know, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to be able to get to see you guys and hang out, which is fantastic. I'm going to see a ton of other friends who are going to be there. And again, we're there to see the club we love. So twice in a year or what will this be our fifth game yeah. in, in a year? I mean, come on. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So Dan, there, there's a lot of typically when the, when the team comes over to the States, it's during the summer and the rosters are, are maybe not their strongest, but Chelsea just announced their, uh, 
their final whistle on hate roster, and it, it looks pretty tantalizing. Yeah, that was great. You transitioned me into the roster well. Thank you. You know, Brandon Busby should be really concerned about his job, and I should be concerned about his backup job on this podcast with that type of transition. <laughs> what I will say, uh, Patriots can only compete for one one trophy per season. Chelsea can compete for four. So the you know let's you know let, let's not try to compare trophy sizes Ooh. here. Okay, Michael, we're gonna go into the roster now. We're going to talk about who's coming. So, ultimately, three goalkeepers coming. Kepa Arisa Balaga, Willie Caballero, and yes, Rob Green. Rob Green will be there as well. I know Brandon, very excited. Uh, I think there might be one alteration to the defender list because, obviously, as we found out uh, just this day, um, that Antonio Ruger has undergone a knee surgery, which will leave him out for the remainder of the season. But in addition or beyond that, nine defenders that they listed, Andreas Christensen, Cesar Esplaqueta, David Luiz, Davide Zapacosta, Emerson, Gary Cahill, Marcus Alonso, and Ethan Ampadu would be included as part of that trip, in addition to the midfielders being Jorginho, Kovacic, Conte, Barkley, a fan favorite and one of our favorites, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Daniel Drinkwater, forwards including uh, Eden Hazard, Gonzalo Higuain, Olivier Giroud, Pedro, and William Mike. So I think we... Oh, that's, did, we did they miss anybody? It's kind of them to list Higuain as a forward. That's nice. That's really oh, good. Behave. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was so offside. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even worse. Um, yeah, I, I think so often we get... Uh, you know, we're teased with the players that are coming to the U.S. to play, and so often the you know they half the time they don't show up, and if they do show up, they barely play on the field. So I think I'm super excited to legitimately see our real roster. Um, I think there's going to be some, I'm sure, some fantastic events going on, or potentially chances for people to see you know practices or or whatever goes wrong with you know summer tours and whatnot so i think this should be a really awesome opportunity for the american fan base to see chelsea uh, you know as chelsea yeah i think the the one thing i would make a make a note of is ultimately do not ask where the team is staying or where their hotel is that yeah, that is please, please. one way to not earn or garner any positive support of your fellow Chelsea peers. Uh, if you're in the know and you need to know, you already know where the hotel is because you're a member of this squad and it's going to be handled by the club and you will get there in the right fashion and you'll be leaving in the right fashion. Everyone else, it's not what you should be looking to do. Uh, you know, Typically, the club has done things like events around these type of games and if they do, they'll announce them. If they're not going to do them, they won't announce them. So that's a way to kind of just... I think the best thing you can do, Mike, is just take the opportunity to engage with your fellow Chelsea fans from across the rest of the United States, learn about maybe the Chelsea fans who live closer than you ever realized, and enjoy the game as a Chelsea fan. If it's your first, your 50th, your thousandth, whatever that might be, just get in there and enjoy it. Amen to that. Yeah. This is a family. Get to know your people and have a great time. You know, don't worry about a few little other things, but I think this is a fantastic opportunity. And let's be honest, it's been a long time since the club's been in the States. So this is, it's a real treat for us all. Well, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to potentially seeing, you know, if we're looking at the roster again, I'm looking at Gary Cahill. I'd love to be able to, to kind of salute him for his time at the club. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of him this season, but it would be really great, I think, to get that kind of, hero send-off moment for us and, and especially for me personally um 
has has not always has not always been my favorite defender, and, and people who've listened to the show for a long time will know that. But uh, I certainly think his body of work deserves a, a hero send off. Um, and so, you know, between him and you know potentially Eden Hazard playing one of his last matches for the club, um, you know, obviously hope that doesn't happen, but it, it's looking more and more likely. I mean, that this could be two pretty powerful moments, Dan, where where you get a you know, salute your heroes. Yeah. And, you know, we were there for uh, John Terry getting his uh, final send off or one of his final send offs in the end season of his time at Chelsea. And that was quite a magical moment for us to have. And to get to applaud him off was quite special. And I think that if we as, you know, American Chelsea supporters or Chelsea supporters who've come up to enjoy this match in the United States get an opportunity to applaud off Eden Hazard and, you know, an in-title town in the home of champions, then, you know, really it's just, it's perfectly fitting, Nicholas. It really just ties a bow on all. Yeah. And, you know, I think especially as we, you know, we got to interview Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and Cesar Espilicueta this season and, you know, kind of got to dig into, you know, their motivations and things like that. You know, I have no doubt that they're going to be taking this very seriously. You know, that's the, that's kind of the feeling that we get from from those who are who are putting this uh, whole uh, couple of days together. Is that you know this it certainly will be an exhibition match. No one's looking to to get hurt. Obviously, for you know for Chelsea, there could be another match after this. But um, but yeah, I, I think all the players are going to be out there to to put on a show, and that's and that's super exciting. Dan, do you do you have any idea who any of the Revs players are that they will be playing against? You know. Um... There's actually is a pretty impressive Chelsea connection with it. There's also a manager who who or a head coach as we refer to them as the in the United States um who previously Mike played for both Tottenham and Liverpool as well as representing the United States in 82 appearances between 1992 and 2005. Who would that be? Uncle Fester. Uh <laughs> Brad, Brad Friddle himself. <laughs> I will never forget. Can I can I quickly chime in with yes. my favorite Brad Friedel story? Does wait? Uh, let, me, let me ask. Does it have to do with 2012? Uh, correct. Okay. Correct. So I think it's both of our favorite stories. But please do tell. Yeah. So uh, I, I will never forget watching the coverage uh, leading up to the Champions League final in 2012, and Brad Fle- Brad Friedel was playing for Tottenham at the time. And Tottenham had finished in the top four, and so they were Champions League bound. Ex, you know, except for the small fact that if Chelsea beat Bayern Munich in their own backyard, that we would have taken their spot since we won the whole tournament. And he wore a Bayern Munich scarf. I will never forget it. He wore a Bayern Munich scarf on air as a member of Tottenham Hotspur, and basically was just trashing Chelsea the entire match, and was like. The look of disappointment, Mike, on his face after we won in penalties is one of my all-time favorite moments. So this should be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, just having to see him quite literally watch in real time and then swallow, just swallow the pain (laughs) and attempt to congratulate Chelsea for knocking Tottenham out. And I think it would have been like the first time in years that they had qualified. So, uh just one of the tastiest <laughs> morsels uh, <laughs> to ever watch. So please check it out. Um, but yeah. Do you think Brad ever thought he'd be managing a match against Chelsea in his wildest dreams? Like, do you think that was 
in in his roadmap and his dream journal to eventually one day get revenge for that match. Yeah. Potentially, maybe. I mean, like he he does. He you know from all from all accounts, he has completed his badges and he's doing. You know, he's he's a smart guy. He's been involved in coaching. You know, even while he was a player. So it's potential. But you know, the, this is a special circumstance. I mean, I I just saw. Sporting KC play the Revs last weekend. Um, yeah, they they certainly have uh, a, a leaky defense, so there, there could be some goals scored here, Dan. Yeah, so let's just go through the fact that right now, if you, you aren't aware, Major League Soccer, which is the league in which Americans get a chance to watch Major League Soccer teams play, is broken up into two conferences, an Eastern Conference and Western Conference, the New England Revolution, out of 12 teams in the Eastern Conference, are in a resounding, wonderful, bottom-of-the-barrel 12th place. They currently have played 10 matches at the time of recording. They have won two. They have drawn two. They have lost six. They have 10 goals for, 19 goals against for a negative nine goal difference, and a total of eight points. So, um are they? What's their Premier League equivalent right now? Are they a Cardiff? Are they a Huddersfield? I think they're a Fulham. Oh, they're Fulham. I, I would go okay, we're gonna go because yeah. I mean, because of Brad's connection to London, we'll go with the Fulham. They're, they're essentially a Fulham, so just keep that in mind. But I think if we look through this roster, Mike, there's a, another person who shares your name, who actually does have a Chelsea connection, uh, who is currently on the Revs roster. That would be Michael Mancian, uh, a former. Um Actually, youth Chelsea product. Yeah, he so Manson actually was was super interesting, Mike, because in our in our run, I will never forget this either. In our run for the uh, two thousand eight nine Champions League, so this is the year after we lost to United in the final, we were playing Barcelona. Um, he was supposed to start at left back in the new camp. Like there was, you know, he was just coming through the ranks, and um, because Ashley Cole, I think, was hurt or something like that, he was supposed to. Uh, end up playing uh, in that match, and then they ended up putting uh, Basingua in at left back, and he had like one of the best matches of his whole life, and we had a nil nil draw. So, um, but he did he did end up playing, um, you know, for in a couple of those seasons and kind of sparing minutes. But uh, I do remember him. He was uh, he had he had quite the head of hair, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Well, it's glad that you remember that. So he made a Chelsea debut on the 14th of February 2009 when he started an FA Cup tie versus Watford. Made his European debut 11 days later, actually. It's a late substitute in the Champions League knockout tie against Juventus, which ended 1-0 to Chelsea. And then on the 28th of February, he achieved his Premier League debut in a 2-1 victory over Wigan Athletics. So he'd gotten a lot of opportunities uh, later in his Chelsea career. He actually was brought up through the use and signed his first professional contract with the Blues in 2006. But he was actually just a unused substitute for a single match of the 2005-2006 Premier League season. And he's gone on to play in Germany, uh, came back to the UK to play for Nottingham Forest for actually 122 matches, and then has been with the Revs just for this season. So uh, I think it'll be nice to add that as a little bit of a, a narrative storyline for the match. Uh, you know, former Blue in defense, you have a former Spurs man coaching the team. Mike, I think that there's, there's storylines abound. There is narrative to be had for all who look to see see it and seek it oh 
for sure. And, and let's, you know, we've, we've given Brad a bit of banter, but you know, I, I'm not sure about yourself, but Nick and I, I know both have followed the U S heavily, especially back in the day. And you know, oh, yeah. Brad, Brad put up 18 years in European competition. The man did not get, in my opinion, the respect that he should have. I think he stayed, you know, he played behind Keller for way too long. I think it impacted us. Uh, I can't remember the World Cup that he should have gotten his his play in. But, um, you know, a great member of the U.S. national team. You know, also one other player I recognize. Well, I guess two, but Juan Agudelo. Um, some of you might remember uh, Dos Acero, you know, against Mexico. He 17 year oh I'm sorry that's his debut but came off you know scored a second goal that was back in 2015 and uh, I also remember seeing him uh beat South Africa in his debut at 17 so uh kind of a young kid we were hoping for great things uh Till Bunbury another kid that um we were kind of hoping for but you know never quite made it what we needed it to be but Again, good memories from a, a U.S. supporter. All right, so we're going to wrap, but before we do, I think we need to talk just a little bit, Nick, about what's kind of going on in Boston, maybe some of the supporting activities or events happening around through supporters groups within the U.S. and maybe where we'll be during the Tuesday, Wednesday time frame if anyone like to say hi and, or you know, just uh, get a chance to talk a little bit more, Chels. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be there the the 14th through the 16th. Uh, we're really excited just to um, get to Boston and and meet up with some of our friends like Jay Cohen and and Mike Ryan from the Dan Lebetard Show and and all of our Chelsea in America connects. So uh, you know, most you know the the area or the time that we'll be probably most available, I think, will be the night before party. That's at the famous Banshee. Uh, it'll be at 7:30 ish, um, so we will be around there. Come find us. Uh, you know, we're not doing like a live show or anything, so it should just be a lot of a lot of hang time, uh, and, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then, like we said on our, our show earlier uh, last weekend, uh, post United, the Boston Blues have a chartered uh, bus from the Banshee out to the stadium and back. So this will allow you to uh, keep the good times rolling, Mike, while also being responsible. And, uh, and that, uh, that can be found on their, uh, on their website. So if you go to bostonbluecfc.com forward slash store, uh, the tickets are at like 35 bucks, which is a steal. Yeah. So let's be honest, 35 bucks to be responsible, to have a good time, to hang out with some, you know, Chelsea supporters on the way to the stadium, which is a bit out of the way and be able to have as much fun as you want at the tailgate and then have a ride back. You can't find anything better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, it also kind of allows you to get Dan to the to the tailgate. I know the Boston Blues are going to set up a big uh, to-do around, uh, around tailgating, so that'll be a unique aspect to this match, kind of an American uh, side to this thing. So uh, really excited about all that and, uh, and just... Ready to ready to see the team play on Wednesday night. Yeah, we can't thank the Boston Blues enough for being so gracious yeah, to been great. work with us Thanks, on guys. helping to promote their activities and promote obviously the purpose of the event. You know, I think they they really hit the nail on the head with just how they're thinking about it. And yeah, we're we're very excited to be in Boston. Very excited to take 
these people for a proper lobster roll at some point during our time up there and uh, to take them to the home of champions, which is exactly where Chelsea deserve to be. So the final whistle on hate, it is coming up soon. If you don't have tickets, they are still available, but supply will probably dwindle as it gets closer to the match. So think about that. May 15th, 2019, 8 p.m., Foxborough, Massachusetts. We will see you there, Chelsea fans. But until then, keep the blue flag flying high.